I have a very important question for you this week, Pete. You ready for it? Okay. That mm-hmm. wasn't it. Here we go. <laughs> What's that smell? Mm. What's that smell, Pete? Sweat and regret. <laughs> Actually, the first one was correct. <laughs> it is sweat, and more importantly than sweat, it's fear. As we all know, animals commonly use their sense of smell to figure out if there's danger nearby, and it turns out maybe half of the human population does too. And I'm talking about the better half, the female half. Bettina M. Paws, oh. a psychology professor at Heinrich Hein University, Dusseldorf, <laughs> just released findings earlier this month that people give off chemosensory anxiety signals and women act contagiously as a result. In other less sciencey words, when women smell the anxiety-induced sweat of other women, it makes them more cautious and risk-averse. That's why they never make mistakes. That's why they never make mistakes, because they're always too busy. Because men are lemmings. (laughs) They just, oh, are you scared? Oh, well, I'll do that, too. Exactly. And women are like, oh, you smell scared. I'll stop doing what I'm doing. Pretty much. That's across the board exactly right. In the study, a large number of men and women were exposed to different odors, my least favorite word, to different odors when completing certain tasks involving trust in others. It's something called the trust game, and I read it 19 times, and you, like, give someone money and then try to get stuff back and I'm not going to go into any of it. But when exposed to the smell of female sweat resulting from anxiety, the women in the test became more wary, even when the chemo signal was so faint as to be consciously undetectable. So they don't even know they're smelling anything, and yet they become less trusting. And it seems that the same test, like you were saying, uh, did not affect men in the same way. Uh, at all, because they were too busy trying to knock things over with their penises. I don't know, whatever <laughs> men do. <laughs> uh, so that's pretty interesting. I mean, I guess that makes wow. sense. But I uh, had never thought that we give off, that we sort of are the same thing as like dogs and cats in that way. Or at least women. Are. Yeah, we just don't have we just don't have as good a sense of smell. And I don't. And it's not like I don't think women are going around actively smelling one another. No. Right. That's not no, what it, but it, like they can't. They don't know that they're smelling what they're smelling consciously like, oh, licorice, right? Like, (laughs) that's not how it works, is it? Because otherwise, licorice, am I right? (laughs) That would be perfect. Women, nervous women do traditionally smell like red vines. And so it works across the board. Welcome to What's That Smell, a sometimes funny podcast about humans and their anxieties. I'm Pete Wright. And I'm Tommy Metz III. Each and every week, we drag one of our deepest, darkest anxieties into the light to share it, learn about it, and hopefully laugh about it with all of you. Reach out. Send us the story of your anxieties to whatsthatsmell.net. That's right. Just visit the website, push the button that indicates, please, I'd like to submit my anxiety, sir, and we will take it, put it in the machine, and process it with laughs for all of you. It is the anxiety cycle of benevolence. And you know what else is a benevolent service? Visiting whatsthatsmell.net slash merch. Don't you agree, Tom? I do. And I like that when the person is doing it, they're an anxiety orphan. Here's my anxiety, (laughs) sir. (laughs) May I have more anxiety and do sweat, please? (laughs) Yes, merch. That sounds great because there's a lot of it. Well, there is a lot of it. On our on our very channel, we have our historic uh, title, uh, What's That Smell? The There Is No Calm t-shirt. That's that's really more of our flag 
at this right. point. Yep. I think. Uh, but we also have the I'm actually wearing today in the live stream the first citywide bank of anxiety. We live where <laughs> you live, uh, and that is available. And uh, uh, the logo right here in the live stream you don't see this now, but I'll put the I haven't put the season six logo stuff up there yet, so oh, that cool. will go up there uh, too. By the time you hear this, that will be there. So go uh, get some merch. It'll be great. And wear us that, on your bodies. Yeah, you can put us all over your bodies. Or under your heads. You can get pillows. You want a pillow? <laughs> I'll, I'll let you sleep on me. What? Yeah, sleep on us. Wear us. <laughs> Pretend it's your, our skin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, no. with that, I'll go first. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, I, I don't. It's just huh? awful. Oh no! Good start. First, how are your how are your joints? Good. Knees, <laughs> you working them out. Hips. I know. I'm looking. I'm watching you work them out. You look great. Your form is terrific. You're a I real Simone have, Biles right now. I'm not um, suffering yet in my age of like when I stand up, I don't go or creak or anything. I'm doing pretty good. Oh God. I'm jealous. Oh, I'm really? so jealous. Well, you're a couple of years younger than me, so yep. maybe that's it. Maybe you just have this to look forward to. Right. Is my throat a joint? Because I'm having trouble swallowing as we've gone <laughs> Get over down before. there, pastrami. <laughs> See, now it... I... That's what I yell every time. <laughs> All right. Yep. Look, I, I have a, I'm having a real hip problem right now. Like oh, no. a real, like a, a real troubled person. I, I, my hip, it hurts so much. My left hip, it feels like, and it's not like a muscle, like you're a groin muscle or hip girl. It's like a spike going right in the side of my hip joint. It feels what? like, it feels what like happened? something's really wrong there. Don't know. Don't know. You didn't Hence fall our conversation today. No, I didn't fall. I didn't fall. But I'm, I'm a risk now. I feel like all of a sudden I get out of bed and I'm like, oh. Oh, God, this is why my granddad used to make this shape with his body. Like, that's... That's the problem. It's it's sort of, but you know, I'm on the I'm on the heels of a real heel problem with bursitis. Uh, that is kind of I'm kind of on the other side of that. But that took I'm not kidding years to heal my heel. Years. <laughs> oh, God. Why Awful. are you falling apart? Awful. And then this weekend, oh. my wife comes in and she says, uh, "She said, look at my knee. It's hot." And it was Ew. like the size of a grapefruit, and it was about 300 degrees. Put your hand on it, it's all puffy and squishy. She's like, what is that? I said, I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. It's awful. You should have it looked at. And uh, and so she connects with the Zoom Care video people. Do you have okay. Zoom Care in California? You know what Zoom is. Apparently, they're Zoom not is. all over the place. I, I've never heard of such a thing, but yeah. Oh, so, okay. So it's I think it's just in, in it, it's a... It's a kind of like easy access public or, or urgent care. It's a private company, Smart. but it's like quick urgent care. And so they literally have places next door to our Starbucks, right? Oh, wow. And okay. so you go in and meet with a physician's assistant or a nurse's assistant, and they, they will escalate you. Oh, we have that. I thought you said it was over Zoom. Yeah, we have one right down the road. It's called MEND. Okay, it's the same kind of thing, and, yeah. but this is, it's called Zoom Care. Oh. It's not the same company, but it's very confusing when you're meeting with Zoom Care over Zoom. Uh, <laughs> and so, anyway, she meets with them and they say, oh, we're going to need to look at that. And so they schedule another thing where she has to go into the clinic. And she goes yep. into the clinic and they say, oh, that's, a, that's an infection uh, in the bursa of your knee. And bursa. 
the bursa is the little sack, the little like jelly sack that keeps Gross. everything floating around in there. Is that and related so she, to bursitis? Yeah, bursa, yeah. Same the thing. heel, okay, the heel it. bursa is under the heel, and so she they give her an antibiotic which she has to take uh, every six hours for seven days. Whoa! So this is serious. Yeah, serious, and it doesn't go away. And not only that, after a day and a half after this appointment, when she's on antibiotics, she spikes a fever of a hundred and three. And so she goes back to now the Zoom Care Mothership, which is downtown. And wow. she says, not only do you have bursitis in your knee, you have <laughs> septic bursitis. Ooh, that's not a good word. You don't want septic in your body. No, you sure don't. And neither did the kind doctors at Zoom Care. So they put her on an IV antibiotic, an IV antibiotic yep. for her knee, right? Yep. And then because they said, if this doesn't go away, it's going to be... You know, we're going to have to drain it. Oof. We don't like These are about all that. the words. All and the then words. they keep her on all the antibiotics. So she's still on it. It's kind of going down, but it's hot. And she's going again to the clinic this afternoon because it isn't going away fast enough and it's uncomfortable. And so I start thinking about joints. All of this is to get to joints. Because I found in my research about mm -hmm. joints, I found an article that I think we need to talk about. Okay. As people who live with anxiety, can I <laughs> no. just can I just tell you about association of stress-related disorders with subsequent autoimmune disease? Okay, science words. The the bottom line is this: when you live with chronic anxiety or depression, how does your body respond to it? Now, we know the flight oh. or flight reaction kicks yep. in, right? And you have these chemicals that flood your body. But if you are living with chronic anxiety, you're constantly in a stress response, right? Oh. And so these chemicals are constantly in your body. And oh. so this stressful situation where on the immediate will cause this response, causing your heart rate to increase and your blood pressure to rise and your muscles to, to tighten. Well, these uh, researchers figured out that autoimmune diseases can stem from this constant thing, and your, that's when your body starts to attack its own connective joint tissue. So what? when you live with anxiety chronically, your joints can start to ache because your body is attacking itself. That's the autoimmune Because stuff. it's reacting to something, a panic situation yes. all, all the time. Oh, no. Yeah. And in such cases as rheumatoid arthritis and lupus, the antibodies attach to connective tissue within the joints, leading to pain, stiffness, swelling, and without treatment, potentially permanent joint damage. Oh, great. <laughs> I know. So I'm looking at you and I'm saying, man, one, why don't your joints hurt more? And two, please, let's fix this so you don't have to worry about it. Now, I don't know if what I'm dealing with is is like stress related because it's making me start to think because I've been dealing with so many of these joint issues for so long yeah. that there might very well be a connection in me. Oh, and it becomes a self-fulfilling cycle. A hundred stupid percent. <laughs> That's the worst kind of percent. Oh, man. Well, 
Wait, so do, do I live with, maybe I just, like, I live in incredible pain, but I think that's what you're supposed to live. Like, what I'm doing with my arms now hurts terribly, hurts but that's lot. not normal. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah, no, that's right. This is, and, and so the, the survey was done in Sweden, uh, and this, this journal article, a uh, link will be in the show notes. Uh, exposure to stress-related disorders uh, were significantly associated with increased risk of subsequent autoimmune disease compared with matched, unexposed individuals and with full siblings. Further studies are needed to better understand the underlying mechanisms but this article as you start reading through it even with the science words yeah it starts to paint a picture of oh we need to get our house in order right right and you so, mean your house because it sounds like your entire family is falling apart it's so, it sort of does start to feel that way but but i generally believe that my wife is going to be fine i think right. hers is really an infection and i think uh i need to get my house in order and that's really Got what it. i'm referring to royal we always means we tom <laughs> always uh and and so you know they come back and they say you've got to recognize the mental and emotional symptoms and what it's doing to your body so if you're moody and distracted and forgetful and you have low self-esteem or depression uh you might be having physical symptoms like these aches and pains or tension <clears throat> You're unable to sort of stretch yourself out. You can't sleep. You've got headaches, maybe chronic headaches. Uh, you have chest pain or chest tightness. Um, you know, all of this leads to like nervousness, but sure. could be digestive problems. Uh, you're, watch your energy level. Are you able to maintain energy throughout the day from the time you wake up to the time you're ready to, to end the day? Uh, do you get colds or other infections often, right? It, when cold season hits, are you a frequent target? Do you always feel like, oh, I get a cold every year at this time, that could be that you are naturally more susceptible to the swings of, of global infection. And uh, because there are people who are not, right. you know, uh, likely to get caught like that. What do you think? Are you a sicko? Do you get sick a lot? I don't even know this about you. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think so. It's hard to say with the pandemic because I haven't been sick other than COVID right. <laughs> in 18 months. Right. No colds, <laughs> no problems. Like, I'm really as healthy as I've ever been besides COVID. No, I don't. I think probably because I don't work in an office, and so I'm not around. I see people a lot, but especially, yes, during the pandemic, you're seeing them from farther apart. And so, no, I'm not a sicko, and I'm surprised because it seems like I should probably be a sicko. I just, I look at both of us, and I feel like we're in the strike zone. Right. <laughs> for this stuff. Yeah. I don't want to speak for you, man, but uh, I do feel like the kinds of things we talk about and think about, that that makes me think about my aching hip and my aching heel and the things that hurt all the time um, more than anything. Now, I also fully recognize I am not in good shape, right? Okay. I don't, I, I just, I'm the last year and a half has been terrible for my general physical fitness. And okay. I'm, uh, apart from, I do yoga. But it's I'm I've really struggled since I got sick to get back into something that really regularly gets my heart rate up, and that's to my own detriment. I get that. So I feel like right now, all of this research has led me to one target, and really, what the target is, I need to move more, and that will make me feel better. <laughs> so right now, all I'm thinking is, oh, it must be anxiety, when really it's just you're a lazy you know, stiff. But also, but exercise helps anxiety. Yeah, that's too. right. And so it could, you Talk could about also... Talk self, self-fulfilling, self-defeating. Yeah, you could attack it from that end. And I'm saying, you yeah. know, I can, I need to be more fit, uh, very much so as well. Um, but yeah, because if, if you attack it from that side, then it is very anxiety-related. Totally. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Um, they also 
came back to in the study, they came back and said, hey, you know, you, we need to know our triggers, so you should be journaling regularly. That keeps coming up, journaling. Yeah. Right? That's a thing. What you is... need to be journaling regularly. Right? Because, and in this case, they're just saying, write down the patterns that you are experiencing of discomfort, right? How, uh, oh. So that you can go back. It's like collecting data. Oh, about when you're hurt. Yeah. And what was going on when you're hurt. Right, right, right. Because that's another thing that they see is people don't remember when they hurt, actually hurt themselves and might be misattributing mental and emotional health to something that was really, dude, you walked into a table. <laughs> that sounds like something I would do. <laughs> <laughs> and just completely miss it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm right. so anxious. I have a bruise on my face. And you're like, well, also, you you fell when you were eating pie. <laughs> I don't know day. why I was eating pie. <laughs> uh, eating well and maintaining weight in your, the target zone for your height is something that they say will sure. absolutely preserve your joints. So, yeah. uh, note to self. Uh, need to need to look into that. Note to self: pull-ups, <laughs> just like our eight a.m. Monday. Don't yeah. eat a bagel. Right, yeah. <laughs> right. Quiche is not a cardio <laughs> exercise. <laughs> Um, it is easy to feel overwhelmed. Uh, they absolutely recommend asking for help, getting active, asking for help from your, you know, community gym service, somebody mm, who is, you have a trainer who is uh, accountability, who can help you, you know, find the right program for you. But in general, they did say walking, yoga, all of these activities that, uh, are low impact, but actually help you stretch and lengthen your uh, your limbs and your muscles and mm -hmm. keep you flexible. Um, and I did catch one article that said, you know, there are exercises that will keep you out of assisted living if you walking. do them all your life. Please say walking. Please say walking. <laughs> all I care about uh, is walking. Push-ups are okay. one to keep your upper body and your shoulders, but you don't need to do like full, like scorpion push-ups where one foot is way up in the air over your yeah. head and Fosters you don't have to, do, you can just get on your knees and, uh, and do some, some push-ups. So that's one squats. Do your squats. That is like, really? that's I thought, huge. I thought those were bad for some reason because that's putting so much stress on your joints. I don't know what things are. Squats. I think crunches, Wait. some sit-ups are not good, but squats, you're just squatting, Wait, <laughs> squatting squat? and then coming back up. But wouldn't that put a lot of pressure on your knees? This is from these hospice workers who are saying, look, the reason we are here is to keep people who can't stand up from falling over. And they always fall over because their legs, hips, and lower back are not strong enough. And oh, doing I squats see. regularly every day it will keep you healthy all your life. Squats. Oh, so I'm thinking... Oh, I get it. Okay, got it. Okay, squats. What so about it's lunges? These, it's these core exercises that keep that work on the core stability, like stabilizing muscles. So yep. uh, I didn't read anything about lunges. Okay. I but just like I like lunges. lunges. Uh, yep. Yeah, no, I imagine. And they probably, they, they allow you to fall into hero pose pretty quickly. Right. Especially if you, if you closed fist on your hips while you do it. <laughs> You're a real Jack Palance. I would... <laughs> He's my no, yes. No, I want to be. Jack I want to pull Jack. Yeah, Jack Palance. <laughs> Jack yeah, Palance when I get is out there and I do guy. a city slicker. Yeah, <laughs> I think I like lunges. I might be thinking of lunches. <laughs> I've been doing my all my exercises so wrong. One hundred percent. Got it. Okay, so push-ups and squats. I can add. I used to do push-ups when I got home from wogging, but I stopped doing that because uh, cake. 
Um, but I will go back and put those back in. Yeah, I think you should do it. And I also think that the, they, they're, they say that you should not worry, especially as you get older, about doing weights. It turns out there is a real fallacy around using heavy things for older people. And as long as you're staying healthy and using the right amount of weight, it is absolutely okay for uh, older people to be training with weights. It, it reduces the risk of falling and improves bone density. So I'm pretty excited to see uh, both of our new physiques. After we start squatting a lot. Next week, we'll start the shirtless the shirtless podcast off. <laughs> Goodbye, live stream viewers. <laughs> Cooper Petey is a small town that sits in the middle of South Australia. It's about an hour north of Adelaide. It's hot there. It hits 120 regularly in the summer. And with the climate change, it's only getting hotter. And still, 1,800 people, consisting of over 50 nationalities, call this slice of the outback home. And of all the homes in Cooper Pedy, more than 60% of them are underground. The first shovel hit dirt in 1915, when a 14-year-old boy found a gemstone in the hard ground. That gem was an opal, currently valued anywhere from $10 to $6,000 per carat. And it turned out that this part of Australia is positively littered with them. The first residents of the town were soldiers returning from World War I, fresh with trench-digging experience. These retired heroes preferred the cool, dark tunnels to the hot sun, and as they dug, they pulled out the dirt and gems, and, well, they stayed there. In the 70s, the town of Cooper Pedy boasted more than a thousand miners digging their way into the future homestead. There are only about a hundred miners left in the town now, but the underground living persists. The homes themselves range from the hollowed-out caves you might expect to finished pads you absolutely do not. Pictures document sharp corners and high ceilings, not at all what you'd think of when you imagine living in an old mine. One resident, a handyman by the name of Rod Wells, has an indoor pool and an attached beauty parlor owned and run by his wife. Dine? Underground. Hotel? Also underground. Church? Pray down low. Want to expand your place? Go ahead. We'd come home from school, says another resident, do our homework and our chores, and then Dad would press a jackhammer in our hands and say, Get cracking. We're making another bedroom. And, lest we forget... Funding these kinds of expansions is often done by the opals that fall out of the walls as they are excavated. In Cooperpedi, the earth is hard and strong, and funding new projects around the house from the gemstones that fall out of the walls occasionally, well, that's a place built on a firm foundation. As podcasters, you are our precious gemstones falling from the walls. That's why we invite you to become What's That Smell Panic Pals. For a one-time contribution of just $35, you can sleep soundly knowing you're supporting the time and expense for production of this season. And in return, you'll get to join us for our live stream recording sessions, access to historic member-only episodes and bonus sessions, stickers, anxiety coupons, and don't forget our official and certified best friendship with you. Just visit whatsthatsmell.net and become our opal falling out of the wall today. All right, so Cooper Beatty, 
Um, that's your new nickname, by the way. That's <laughs> Cooper Petey. Uh, two eps ago, because last week we released the special episode. Mm-hmm. Two weeks ago, do you remember what I talked about? I talked about my fear over suffering dysphagia, or as we came to know it, the bad eats. Yes. And all that choke talk got me thinking more about eating in general, and something occurred to me. This has been an anxiety of mine for so long that it honestly never occurred to me to bring it up on the podcast before now because I've had it for so long, it's almost been completely normalized. Yeah, and we're we're a show that's really dedicated to novel anxieties. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's only the new, it's latest only the and greatest. New. greatest. Right, exactly. Okay, so Weesty, what do all these things have in common? You ready? Sure. Rotisserie chicken. Foul. Ribs. Mm, pig fowl. <laughs> Fried chicken. Also fowl. Tomahawk rib eye steaks. <sighs> See, we're, we're still in the general meat family. Yep. Should that's I keep a, going? That's the whole oh, list. Oh, that was the whole list? <laughs> well, I think I thought I wrote more, but I didn't. So <laughs> okay. this quiz is over. Pete, they all have bones in them. Oh, sure. Bones. And Pete, They're bone I animals. have an anxiety. Ugh, this is one of the most insufferable ones. I have an anxiety about eating meat off of a bone. Are you serious? I present to you cartilaginophobia. <gasps> That's a thing. Oh, Tom. Fear of oh. damn bones, Pete. And wow. I feel comfortable. I, this would be maybe one that I would keep from people, except that I know for a fact that friend of the show, Mandy Kaplan, and a co-host of the Mand Cave, yeah. also has this exact same thing. It's one of the very first things that we bonded about when I was forcing her to be friends with me. <laughs> After casting okay. her in a short film. So you don't like things like like barbecue ribs are not a jam for you. No. Well, see here, let me clarify. Okay. I do I, I'm not afraid of the bones. What did I say? Carcinogenophobia is really fear of bones. Cartilaginophobia. I think carcinogenophobia. Everybody's afraid of Did I say carcinogenophobia? I'm afraid yeah. of poison, Pete. <laughs> Sorry, cartilaginophobia. Yes. I'm not afraid of bones, and like skeletons don't scare me, and so much so I pronounce it skeletons, apparently. But putting your teeth on them. Right. And I'm also not afraid of choking on a bone, which is surprising because, as we know, I have trouble eating soup these days. Um, no, it's the idea of eating meat off of a bone in particular. And I think okay. it's because what I've always called myself is a hypocritical carnivore. I eat meat and I like eating meat, but I don't like it if it reminds me that something was alive. I would like everything to be boneless and in patty form, like a two Of course. Yes. Well, like a McNugget, right? It's, right? it's There's meat in it, but it has been mulled into a paste and reformed into a, a thing, which Correct. is fine. That You could eat that. A hundred percent, yes. What if I not... put a McNugget on a stick? <laughs> is the stick uh, like a... Do you what call... if it's a bone-shaped stick? A bone, <laughs> yeah. a finger stick? No, <laughs> I don't think that okay. will work. <laughs> then that's just a horrible lollipop. Um, I think, yeah, eating something off of a bone is just too carnivorous for me. It's too much of a reminder that something was walking around and clucking forever. And so it's very off-putting to me. Before I keep going, do you identify with this at all? Or are you like, give me them bones? Those are the two options. Well, <laughs> I'll take give me them bones yeah. for a thousand, Tom. I, I'm also a hypocritical meat eater, and I would say that my meat consumption has dropped dramatically really? over the last year. But it it is m- largely because I've just been learning more about the environmental impact of harvesting meat, right. and that makes me cringe. Like, I'm partaking in so many things that are 
you know, bad for the environment right now that I'm just trying to pick a few that I can impact in my own life and, uh, and adapt to sure. right? that, that are like, if this is one that I can fix, but I love me some steak or some not steak. I actually don't like steak, but ribs, right. barbecue ribs, some of my favorite food in the world. I could, and I like, I like to actually like a cartoon. I suck, oh. I suck oh. the bone and oh, yeah, to yeah, get yeah, yeah. all of it off. That's, I know it's awful. And just talking to you about it now, I feel just a wash in guilt. <laughs> That's the Tommy promise. <laughs> I feel terrible about it, right? Yeah. Oh, this is disastrous. Uh, so that's what you say to waiters. Uh, yeah, I'm going to do all the bones. That's what you say to servers. <laughs> no, I just say, can you bring me the slurping sticks? And yeah. they know. They always know. They always know to yeah. close early <laughs> because you're horrifying. Um, I can eat. I don't. Ribs, I think. I mean, they're also called ribs. That's just like right. That's just a <laughs> yeah, reminder. That's like, can no I just have better flesh, reminder. Please? Yes. Yeah. When I have fr- like a fried chicken is served, I can eat it, but I have to uh, peel the meat off with my hands and then yeah. put it in my mouth. I can never just chomp into something. Um, what was that, that? Sam Kennison? Was that a Sam Kennison joke? I can't, maybe it was Robin Williams. You just bring the cow on over to the table. I'll carve off what I want and ride the rest home. Oh, that does sound familiar. I do know that. Yeah. Let's say it's that uh, was somebody. Yeah, it was somebody. Uh, Let's say it was us. Yeah, okay, that's right. a shirt. We just that's made a that shirt up. We did it. Yeah, <laughs> ride the rest home. Nailed ride it. the rest home. Um, even though picking stuff off of a bone with my hands can be a problem. Once I was making a recipe that called for a rotisserie chicken. Like you bring a rotisserie chicken home, take the meat off, and then use that. And I had to stop. I was peeling off the meat for the rotisserie chicken. And because it's a whole chicken and it looks like a chicken, sort of, I had to stop because I got incredibly nauseous and I almost threw up in my own sink. Really? Yeah. Okay. I can't okay. do it. And this is one that you'd think, I mean, we throw our old favorites at it. Like, uh, you know, when when everything's... When all you have is a hammer, everything's a nail, right? right? So you you've tried exposing yourself through it. Correct. Or not, because why would you want to? Like maybe this isn't a terrible thing. <laughs> like maybe you just don't need to eat stuff with bones in it. Well, that's the thing, is it's not something I necessarily fe- feel the need to quash like the yeah. other ones, because eating right. boneless meat is fairly easy in yeah. life. And if ribs or something are served at a dinner party, which is very rare, um, and what's a dinner party anymore? Uh, I could just cut the meat off with a fork and knife. I would yeah. have to ignore everyone being like, hey, weirdo. <laughs> what? How do you eat pizza? Like with chopsticks? Yeah. But, um, but it is, it does ultimately bring up a question of like, maybe if I feel this morally weird, or I don't know if it's morally, but this grossed out, maybe I should give becoming a vegetarian a try. Yeah, so like I feel wait. so I feel so viscerally, not morally. I feel so viscerally about this. Maybe that's telling me something. Yeah, okay, two things. I have two things. One, oh, just yeah, to please. circle back on another meat. Where do you stand on fish? Like if somebody serves you a fish that hasn't been, you know, sometimes they put it on like a, a plank and it still has bones in it. Do you have a fish problem? I don't eat a lot of fish still. But yes, I would I don't think I, that would weirdly be less I'm eating an animal and I'm feeling bad about it and more a fear of choking because their bones are so so little. So that's very different than the, yeah, fish I don't feel uh, as humane for. I want a fish to suffer is what I'm saying. Oh, my God. I do have, have you ever been fishing? Are you a fishing person? Can't do it. 
I yeah. love the idea of fishing, but as soon as I would catch something, it all goes out the window. So I don't, yeah. I just don't do it. I have aged out of fishing. I went with my dad when we, and we, I, some of my best memories were fishing. Like we would go fishing for king salmon on boats, deep sea fishing out off of the coast of Nanaimo in Canada. I know. And, um, and I used to love it, but the whole experience of taking, of catching a fish, okay. bringing it on, and then crushing its head, or putting it in the cooler and just letting it suffer, like to kill it and gutting it, like I had to do all of that. Oof. I've aged out of that, and I I feel like I've done a disservice to my kids. I didn't. I'm not the one who taught them to fish. Their grandfather taught them to fish oh. because I'm just like I don't. I don't need to partake in in that. But hypocritically, I also do eat fish. Right. I do have a a constant sort of fear of the bone splinters in my mouth. I don't like Oof. that. Like the idea yeah. of catching a bone and missing it until it like gets in my neck is, and <laughs> comes out the other side. I think about those kinds of things, which is not great. Right. Um, so, okay, so that was one. One, yeah. The other is if you if you think about this as a mode to to go vegetarian. The that's like a house of cards or, you know, one of those big fields of stand up dominoes, because there are all kinds of things that come into like that kind of transition to go to to make sure you're eating healthy and getting enough protein and all those things that are super easy for omnivores. Right. But as soon as you're a vegetarian, you actually have to think about it. And I find so many vegetables unpalatable that... (laughs) (laughs) That that it's really hard to make that switch. And so have you thought through, have you ever tried to go vegetarian and and thought through? No. And now that you're bringing that up, you're right. I would have to think of it less as just eliminating meat and more adding a bunch of other probably newer things to my diet in order to make up for it. Okay. Which, no, I have not given any thought to. Well, yeah, I've given it thought, but I haven't thought it through. Not at all. Okay. Well, that's on brand. That's on brand for us. So that's okay. (laughs) Look, third question. uh, Where do you stand on the uh, the new lab meat, Impossible Foods, that kind of stuff? Very pro. I've had it probably twice, and I've really liked it. And I love that it exists. And I got really excited for it when it first came out because I thought it was um, like a health food. And I have learned since it is not. It's better for cholesterol, but everything mm-hmm. else, the caloric intake is still sky high and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I would like to try to get more into that. And I find a lot of places out in California are making... I don't f- care for the phrase lab-grown meat. <laughs> that makes me do the opposite of salivate. <laughs> that means like I'm absorbing liquid Things into my body. just dry up yeah, yeah, real fast. Um, yeah. But if I take that out... Because all I can think about is like meat beakers. <laughs> Nobody wants a meat beaker. Okay, that's what, gross. what do you what do you think about beaker meat? <laughs> I uh, I think I'm in favor of it. Yeah, uh, I'm in favor. I'm absolutely in favor of it in principle. But I'm like you. Like once you hear about that, that you know the the there's always the hidden cost that is unadvertised and that it could be more significant than we think just in terms of again impact uh the chemicals in it that they have to use that they're trying to work out how not to use um i I don't there's so there's so much i don't know but i have found the experience of eating it the mouthfeel to be quite good and so i'm i'm in favor of that and i'm generally we've talked about like upcycled foods before oh right the whole idea of taking like food refuse or that the future of food is scientifically modified food to make pizza healthier like i'm way into that i am way into that 
If you could make eggplant taste like barbecue baby back ribs, I'm done. I'm okay. <laughs> That's such a, an ask, though. Like it just sort of tastes less gross. <laughs> it has to taste like chilies. Oh, you think I've gone too far. I don't That's know. what you, you think I've moved the bar too high. And <laughs> I say, sir, wither science. Wither science. <laughs> well, it sounds like we're sort of on the same page a little bit, but not, no, we're not on the same page at all because you're a bone freak. You just sort of said that. <laughs> well, I did a teeny bit of research to find out if I was alone. I'm kind of alone. <laughs> there's not either. I don't know how to look this up or there's just not, I'm not alone alone. There's always some people writing, but there's not like a study or a thing about it. A lot of the times it would just be like a post on answers.com or Reddit saying, I can't eat food off the bone. Does anyone else suffer from this? And then one person would say yes. And then there's always like a super aggressive person. There's one that I found on answers.com uh, from a person, a poster named Lejours. And he, I'm going to go ahead and assume he, he wrote, my wife is weird about this too. No meat off the bone. Whereas I'm down for whatever. Had pronghorn heart for the first time last weekend. And I'll eat any squirrel I can catch. Okay, Lejours. <laughs> Settle down. Gonna eat your oh, wife. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, any squirrel I can catch. What's a pronghorn heart? Okay, oh my god! Yeah, so it's it's just something for me to think about. Again, it's not something that I am actively suffering from that much, but I might as well. Maybe I should do some research if we're going to start working out more. And I'm squatting up and down the block. Maybe mm -hmm. it does me some. It behooves me to do a little research into, you know certain kinds because i don't really eat any red meat anymore i've already taken that out of my diet mm -hmm. uh but it's all chicken and turkey and stuff maybe i should look at that and see follow that through i don't think that's the worst thing in the world but i also don't think that there's anything wrong with you evaluating what it would be like to live more vegetarianly it just right. i just know it requires work and i'm not very good at it sure uh it stresses me out well i'm gonna give i'm gonna get to work on this whole eggplant baby back rib thing <laughs> We could make a mint. <laughs> oh, we could also make it taste like mint. Okay. Do you know what they could also do is if what? we can get squirrel meat to taste like eggplant, we could have a hell of a lot of backwoods vegetarians. <laughs> like there was no fear or doubt to fill your heart. Thank you all so much for joining us for this episode. This week's tune is Waiting for You by Kadesh. Coming up next week. And uh, so the kids are sitting home in the rain, parents are gone, and the cat in the hat comes in to show them a good time. And it's essentially James Gum coming in to tell him to put the lotion on the skin or else he gets the hose again. And <laughs> I don't remember that part, but... <laughs> Telling yeah. the story this time, I'm like, did my director poison me? <laughs> like, I'm just... Re I, this oh, is 30 years after the fact, and I'm like... That's grim. Huh, he got That's your motivation. the performance he wanted. <laughs> Let that be the operative phrase, more than once. Yeah. So I went and did stand up. <laughs> and then a couple years later, people are like, you want to come right. do stand up? I'm like, why not? And there's <laughs> at least one good reason why not. I'm going to take a step into this dark, terrifying cave because I know there's yogurt there. Right? <laughs> Don't we all look for the yogurt in the cave? 
think you get the what cave I'm saying. Yogurt? Yeah. Yeah. I think absolutely. You, I think you get what I'm saying. Wasn't that Socrates who said that? I really <laughs> Tommy, would you write that down? We're gonna have to do a whole show on cave yogurt another time. <laughs> another time. Table it, but it actually cave sounds yogurt. pretty gross when you Jesus. say it like that. Until then, I'm Tommy Metz the third. And I'm Pete Wright. Thanks for downloading. We'll be back next week on <clears throat> What's that smell? <laughs> <laughs>